0: Kia ora everyone, welcome to the Strongcast Down Under, uh, my name is Logan and I am here today with Mr. Campbell, how are you bro? Good brother, how are you going? Yeah, good man, good, good, um, it's a lovely rainy day in Auckland as always, um, but apart from that it's, it's good to finally catch up with you and uh, get to know a little bit about yourself and um, kind of share what we do and what we know. Um, how's your weekend been, bro?
1: Yeah, it's been good. Just uh I'm pretty routinely, so I trained and uh did a bit of work and hung out with my wife and had a few uh treats and a feed up and pretty standard, but yeah. Yeah, that's
0: I feel like that's um a lot of athletes get into these fixed routines and everything in their life and it's just schedule it has to be this way. Um exactly the same, man. Like I do my cardio. Have my meals, eat my you know supplements and all that, and has to be on on schedule. Always, so I'm like, oh no, can't can't do it, man. Um, but look, I thought we could kind of get started into it and uh, get stuck into a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm sure everyone knows who we both are as we've done quite a few of these before, but we haven't done one together. Uh, but maybe just for the audience' sake of a little background on who you are, what you do. Um, and then
1: we can get into some topics. Cool, so um, my name's Campbell Younger, I'm the owner and operator of Unbroken Performance. Um, I was born and raised in Taranaki, I moved down to Dunedin for university, lived there for about seven years uh, and then last year in November I moved to Mount Mangunui, uh to relocate my business um, and basically with Uh, within my business I provide personal training uh, in gym wherever I'm located and also online nutrition and training programming Um, I would say my business niche is more just I guess people who are super keen on training looking to progress their training Uh, not so much bodybuilding competitors but just uh, like-minded people who want to push themselves and um, yeah just use training as a vehicle I guess to improve their overall day-to-day uh but i do also work with a bunch of combat athletes and and a few other athletes from different sports
0: cool man maybe like you you kind of summarize a few topics that we can get into uh, but maybe the first one which i find quite interesting myself um we talked a little bit about this offline but the transition from you know what you'd say your home of dunedin up to mount monganui um got a lot of family down i'm, I'm in mount monganui all the time so we'll have to catch up for a training sometime um but how was that transition and like you know obviously you've been there for about a year now did you say or yeah just under a year yeah just under a year so how, how was that for you in terms of business um and getting i guess say a
1: start again hmm. so yeah I'd, I'd lived down to dunedin for about four years and was at uni and dropped out and I worked a bunch of different jobs like security um Manage a supplement store, and then after the COVID lockdowns, I, I launched my business. I got my certs, and I just went full tilt, full time. No other income at, at, at uh giving a stab at running my business, and um it went really well. But like any business, it was a grind. Um, it's basically all I do, other than hang out with my partner and train. Um, but but by the time I clocked about clocked up about two and a half years in, um i just reached the ceiling down in Dunedin. I was at a point where I was like, okay, I'm doing very well now. Um, but I felt like I had achieved all I could down there. Um, so from a professional and business standpoint, I just felt I'd reached the ceiling on Dunedin. And I knew that to continue to grow the business, I needed to go somewhere else, establish myself there and almost try and duplicate duplicate what I'd already done. Um, And then from a personal standpoint, I think just I moved down there, you know, a fresher, like a a first year uni student, single, into bodybuilding. Um, And by this time last year, before we moved, I was engaged, um, keen on having a family, running my own business, um, and a little bit more uh, focused on my health and, and my my career rather than just being in the gym um and me and my wife we'd just done our dash in Dunedin and felt that for, for what we were wanting to do it just didn't really serve as much of a purpose anymore and we'd never even visited uh the mount or the Bay of Plenty never um and we just decided that if there was one place in New Zealand we wanted to live we wanted it to be here in the mount um because it was new we'd never been there and also it just that's just what we we, we sort of tried to lay out, our perfect scenario, and that was to have a family and for me to be operating my business in somewhere like the mountain.
0: oh that's that's good, man. Like I, I think with a lot of people, their their startup business, you can't really, lack like, of better words, half-ass it and be half committed to that business. Um, you know, for me, it's is not a job for me, like I don't do it for income, I just help people on the side um, because I enjoy it and I'm quite passionate about it. And also because of like the, the environment in New Zealand, I think um, a lot of people are unguided or guided by the wrong individuals that don't look at evidence base and don't try and apply the science and, you know, the practical side of what they've done to themselves to their clients. Um, so I I do a little bit of on the side, but in terms of career, I'm the same as you, like I went full to in my career now and I'm very established and happy and we've got a, a good life up in Auckland. Um, but no, that's good. That's good to hear, man. Like, have you found your business now that you kind of knew the blueprint down in Dunedin of like what you needed to do was a lot easier to get it off the ground and, and go?
1: Yeah. So I, one thing I'd really like to say about just personal training or coaching clients um, is that I feel everyone really glorifies it and, you know, makes out how busy they are with clients and how well it's going. But the truth of the matter, and I, I'm sure because I've seen behind the curtain now, this is a case for 99% of people who do it. It is a grind because it's a business where clients are coming and going. You have to try and have a high retention rate especially in the economic climate our country's in, the first thing to go is personal trainers and coaches. Um, And so it is a grind, but I knew, I told myself before we moved, I was like, I'm going to an area that I've got very little network. I've never even been before. Um, I told myself it's going to take me minimum six months to even get going. But like you said, I'd done it before. Um, And this time I was doing it with more experience and having a bit of a blueprint. Um, And I'd say it's gone better than I expected, Um, but it definitely still has been a grind. But the appeal to me was more that uh, I felt like I had sort of clocked the game in my vicinity in Dunedin and I was still working hard and pushing my clients, but there wasn't that nervous feeling of like, Make or break here, like down in Dunedin. We're moving here to the Mount. It was like, I've, I, I, I was engaged and now I am married. I've got like a wee one on the way now. I have to make this happen, otherwise I'm literally going to lose everything I've got. Um, and in a sick way, I like that, and I know that's that's how I bring the best out of me when I'm when I'm in a place that like, I can cruise. I actually, I'm actually, I would say I'm a like unproductive, lazy person. When I'm in a place, it's make or break. Like I really, I can put the foot down. I function well in that place, you know. I
0: I'm smiling because you remind me of myself. Um, where it's the challenge that makes me perform, um, and I think you know the the saying of be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because um, that's what's going to get the best out of you. I, I feel I feel. Um, and you can see it in people's work as well when they've established themselves and got comfortable uh, performance actually dips. And, you know, and, and, and it can even be in like uh, uh, martial arts or bodybuilding. And, you know, I did martial arts for 14 years, 13 years. Um, and especially in that a lot of people rely on natural talent uh, rather than hard work and you you could see it the guys who actually grinded and worked really hard would outperform people who they shouldn't at all um and yeah it's really interesting you saying that because it just aligns with what i i kind of kind of see in myself and i'm always at my at my current job i'm like okay what's next you know like i've i've cracked this what's the next piece and then they uh you know keep pushing me to go better which is which is good man um all right so like in terms of your current client base you said you had a mixture of you know some bodybuilders martial artists regular people uh how's your approach to them do you feel like you have to change your approach based on clients or needs or um how do you feel like you get the best out of your clients
1: yeah so i i try to strive to provide a very like i would say premium level of service um and that's especially by way of like, uh, communication and customer service, um, but also just tailoring their programming and their, their experience of my business and the service of it to them specifically. Um, so I do treat uh, clients differently. For example, someone who's just wanting to lose a bit of weight, they will likely have different processes um, implemented and be treated a little differently. By me, then a fighter who's got um, about in six weeks, that could look very different. But in the same sense, I feel like there's a lot of um, principles that cross over exactly the same. Uh, and what I have actually found, I've been operating my business over three years now, almost three and a half, is that the more uh, detailed I am, and the less room for error I leave my clients, the better they do regardless of whether they're a combat athlete or someone wanting to lose weight the less guesswork they they have and the more structure and detail they have the better they do that's what i find
0: yeah i i could see that um i think it's the, the prescription base right where you you have to be quite prescribed in what you do with clients like my approach and you know i help a few rugby players bodybuilders um strong men as well now um, very interesting all of them are very different because I find with bodybuilders they're very um, regimented and and understand like meal timings and, and things like that and they can be quite hard to trick them themselves depending on level like you know just starting out that's a that's a process in itself to get them used to um, but when I you know look at everyone uh, it could be you know one client I'll say okay, we'll just do macro base. You understand you know food choices let's do low fodmap um, and then let's just hit these macros end of the day it comes down to that um, if you're trying to build or lose weight and then some people go no i want a meal plan i want to be really strict and you know specific foods and you go okay i'll cater towards that um, it depends right on on their needs um, when you started though did you start with just bodybuilders because i i know you're I guess your background was a bit of bodybuilding as well. Maybe we can get into a bit of that.
1: Hmm. Um, no, completely opposite. I started with no um, sort of, I guess, bodybuilding focused clients, and I never really have got into that at the start. It was even more so just combat athletes because what happened. What happened is um, I sort of like trained hypertrophy style for like a number of years, and then I did a sh- like bodybuilding show in 2016. 2017, 2018, and then I sort of just ended up in this this whirlwind where like I dropped out of uni while I was doing that. Like I was like kind of had a few bad relationships while all the bodybuilding was going on. Um, I was working a bunch of different like part time sort of under the table jobs, and I got to this point where I literally just hit zero in terms of uh, money and. Everything, bro. Everything was just at zero. And it was a bit of a shock because I was like, I'm actually not an, an idiot. like, And I, I don't really party or anything, but I'm I'm running at zero and I can't do this much longer. And I just essentially was forced out of the bubble of, of bodybuilding I was in. Um, and I was a bit sick of it all. Not the training. I love training and, and not the discipline of competing. And that process, I love that still to this day but just that bubble of like uh, i don't know the self the self focus and the comparison and just always focusing on i guess your your, phys- your yeah from a cosmetic standpoint um, and once i got out of that i was like i think i want to just start training in some way that's just a little bit more st- strictly about performance and skill and so i got very into kickboxing and a little grappling and I got involved in a a local gym down in Dunedin um, and got to know a bunch of those guys uh, and I was very spoiled because I was around some great athletes straight away Um, and before I even started my business and before I uh, quit my job and started full time I was basically um, training uh, a professional kickboxer in S and for a King in the Ring tournament in Auckland, which is like a pretty popular tournament, a lot of people know about. So I was very spoiled for who I was around. It's a bit strange because Dunedin's obviously like <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to say it. Like it's not a glamorous city, maybe like it's a cool it's a it's a cool city, but it's down south. It's freezing. Um, there's a lot of people on the purse rugby that sort of thing, but it does have a good combat scene. Like so, I was very fortunate, and then. I just automatically transitioned into that, and I, I've trained a lot of awesome athletes, and especially earlier on, I was very fortunate in that respect.
0: That's no, that's cool, man. Like, um, find the bodybuilding the the piece that you talked on quite interesting and kind of aligned with where I'm at now. Um, so maybe we can discuss that. Which was, you know, you said um, you kind of was stuck in this bubble of, you know, never indeed spending money on what probably you thought was the same as me, which is like on what, like I, I don't really know what the end goal is and what am I trying to achieve? Um, How was that like, and, and actually, you know, I, I might cover a couple topics on this cause you actually mentioned relationships first. So maybe we'll start with that. How was the relationships during bodybuilding?
1: Uh. I use bodybuilding to deal with my emotions. So what essentially was would happen is um, if something negative happened in a relationship or anything else, I would just deal with that by immersing myself in bodybuilding. So for example, the first show I did in 2016, it was a horrendous experience, but it was the first one. Um... The second show I did in 2017, it was a much better experience, I did really well, I enjoyed it, I did it sensibly, um, and it made sense because I was rectifying the mistakes of the first show. The third show was a shit show, and it was kind of pointless because there was nothing more to gain, I was still just in under 23s, it was the same show in Dunedin, uh, I didn't have anything to prove to myself because I'd done the process. I'd done it to a high standard. I'd corrected the mistakes of the first show, but I really honestly just did it because, you know, I was putting my emotions of bad relationships or just struggling financially into bodybuilding. I was masking it by doing bodybuilding. And it was just, that was the natural thing for me to do. Oh, things aren't going well. I'll just prep, you know, I'll just deal with it by prepping. Um, And what you don't realize at the time is you're just digging yourself a deeper hole and eventually you're going to get forced out of that bubble, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I find, um, when you're prepping, you have these blinders on and all you're thinking about is, you know, when's the next cardio session? How many steps do I have to do? How many meals do I have to eat today? When's the next adjustment? I've got 10 weeks to show day. Um, and I can align with that. Like, um, you know, I think a lot of bodybuilders can like they they get quite self-absorbed in in this world of competing. And you know, when you take a step back and you finish the prep, you step back and you go, "Holy shit, I was a dick. I was <laughs> I wasn't good, or I was, you know, in this this relationship that I shouldn't have been in, and I dragged it on because of this." But um, I do wish people would step back a bit and look at. You know the process as a whole and go you know what's my why why am i doing this and you know if you're feeling some kind of way communicate that a bit better or understand you know what the process um i've done it for 10 years so you know my first show was 2013 and then this year myself i wasn't going to do a show i was doing a mini cut and then i started looking really good and i was like ah uh, I might do one, um, so I was, you know, started prepping for one, but I didn't have a why the whole time, like, I was like, there was no, oh, I feel really good, like, I could win a pro card, or I could win the show, like, I really just didn't care, I was like, I don't, it's not, so I kind of, you know, I had a few health issues and things popping up, and I'm like, man, I'm 29 you know, I, I want to get engaged, I want to, you know, start a family like you have, and I'm still, after 10 years in this world of doing these local shows that I gain nothing out of, because I've built my career, so, um, was that kind of how you felt, or is that sort of the, the road you went down for the three years you do it?
1: Yeah, I think, like, in terms of my relationship with, like, partner or, or girls or women or whatever, um, that never suffered because I was always ready to give up bodybuilding to have a, re- a really good relationship with a partner and start a family. So I was never, I was, and I really didn't have many girlfriends and that I have always been pretty well behaved to be fair. Um, but so it never was negative in that regard, but in terms of friendships and family, um, absolutely. Like I have very little to do with anyone I went to uni with at the halls. Um, to be honest, I have very, li- i I have very little mates from that time in my life um, because I was probably just not, it was a combination of me not being fun to be around and me also not wanting to be around those people. Um, I don't really regret that. I do regret probably more the time wasted or the resources wasted. Like I dropped out of uni, um, I fluffed around with jobs I didn't really enjoy for a while. And I look back and I think, I might not have had the maturity back then um, or the discipline, but I still felt I, the amount of effort and work I was put into bodybuilding, if I was just a little bit more resourceful with that, I could have finished my degree, I could have been in a much better financial position, and I probably could have done better at bodybuilding at the same time. And that's not even for the sake of being balanced. I don't give a shit about being balanced, to be quite honest with you. But in terms of what I could have reaped from that time, um, I could have been a lot better with it. And I think the point I'm at now is I I I acknowledge that time that I was a bit wasteful and I could have done things better and I was in the bodybuilding bubble. But I also recognize that, you know, those things led me to where I am now, which everyone says, but also um like because I've recognized those things now I can now avoid them in the in the future and as long as I don't repeat the same mistakes then I kind of take it as a win you know like if I was still doing those things and still in those same environments and doing the same things that would be an issue um but because I have learned from them and started to move forward then it's not so much you know
0: yeah like I agree completely I think um when you, and it's talking from like an outsider's perspective and anyone who's kind of listening to this who competes, um, you know, understanding your why and, you know, my why was always I love training. I loved being in the gym. I love, a, like you, a strict regimen. I love the bodybuilding lifestyle. Um, I always hated the stage. I was like, I just don't like being up there. I don't like that process, um, but I like looking really good. Um if that's, you know, your why, then kind of do it for yourself. Um, that's what I would say. Like, I, I just, I don't think people, you know, have an understanding of what they're trying to do. Um, and I, I actually, you know, I'll, I'll share an interesting conversation with you that I had with a good friend. Um, she's young. She's 21, competes a lot. Uh, she'll know who she is when I start saying this. Um, and, you know, she competed a couple of years she was going to this year, then decided not to. Um, and, I, you know, we we're talking on the phone and I said, you know, end of the day, you have built this foundation. Like if you look at her as an influencer, she's got over 100,000 followers. She's built all this through being her, not from the stage. Um, and all these females, because she's saying, oh, you know, a lot of people hate on her or bag her for not competing or pulling out. And I said to her, all these females that, you know, want a pro card and go, oh, you know, I want this to get me that influence so I can be like you. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, at, at the end of the day, like they, people, you know, get angry or, or frustrated through jealousy of like, oh, they have what I want. Um, and I told her, you know, you you have your proof that you don't need to have a stage or a show or be a competitive athlete to build a foundation and, and influence on others and just be, be yourself. Um, so that kind of comes back to me was like, I built this image of this bodybuilder who was like, oh yeah, he bodybuilds, he trains, he lifts, and you know, that that's all he did. And I'm like, man, I'm so much more than that. Um, and I didn't, I just don't want to be that that person anymore. Now I want to be, okay, I've done it for 10 years. How can I help others? um and i kind of get that same feeling of you know what i had with competing through that um when it comes to this year though it was just like you know prepping and going oh man i hate training and when i started saying that to myself i was like man it's time to to get out if you start hating the things that you that made you love it then there's an issue um
1: yeah man i think the identity thing like attaching your identity People do this to everything, their careers, all different sports. But I think bodybuilding in particular, it's something that people just really attach their entire identity to. And you see, I mean, I was that person. um, And luckily enough, I've removed myself from that. But I see people older than me with like families and stuff and jobs. And I'm like, uh, I can see they're attached to it. Um, And it's a little bit sad sometimes because... You were talking about your wife are doing it. And I mentioned before, like when it's your first one, there's an important reason there because you want to prove to yourself you can do it. Okay. You pre- you've proved you can do it. What's next? And I think obviously for some people, they progress through the ranks. Um, obviously it's few and far between, but like they might have a reason. Maybe it's their pro card. Maybe they become a pro and then maybe they might have like a little bit of financial incentive and sponsors but when you're rational about it and you don't have any of that, like I did, and I knew I wasn't going to be like Mr. Olympia, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional bodybuilder, make a lot of money. So when I started to rationalize these things about, I'm kind of just doing this to do it now, there's nothing to gain. I look back and I think if I really wanted to be the best bodybuilder I could have been, I should have taken four to five years off after that first show and built and got better at the process and in short, I was healthy. And then when I felt my physique was in an awesome s- spot or respectable spot where I could be competitive at a high level, then I should have given it a really good go. Instead, I just put the foot down, red line, competed year after year, and I'm suffering for it big time now in several ways, you know. Um, and again, I don't necessarily regret it. It's just how it panned out. But I definitely think it's a lot harder to be dedicated and disciplined to the process when there's not really a massive driving force like how you were saying with yeah like you like you were saying when you want to kind of help others like at the moment i've got about i've got about 28 29 clients right it's very hard for me to like just be as fizzed up about like me training for a bodybuilding show that's got no stakes and I know I can do it if I really put my mind to it, I don't have to prove it. It's very hard for me to be driven about that when I've got like 28 people that are essentially depending on me to help them be the best they can, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like in my role, I manage half a country, seven, you know, territory managers and I have to be on the on the go but all the time you have to be 100 percent and you know for me it was like that was way more motivating you know seeing you know hitting these kpis and seeing these people you know succeed in their roles and then like progressing them through their careers and you know for like bodybuilding i was like i swung it back and i was like it's still just a hobby like you know i've built this foundation of you know monetary foundation that i'm very comfortable i don't you know and i think people feel like oh you know by bodybuilding or competing they'll get to that point where they are satisfied but when you look at what you've put into it and you go okay financially maybe a prep i've done five, i've spent 5k um some people may listen to that and go that's crazy yeah, that's probably on the low end of a lot of people of what, what they're spending to do a show and then you go okay i did a show and i i got a you know a two dollar medal um, when you know thank you you, you won your class uh, see you next year um, that you know I, I, I just struggle with I struggled with that but I'm all for people loving it and, and doing it for you know reasons that they, they want to prove something to themselves and I'm, we've both been there um, so you know I definitely don't want to put people off from competing because I think it's great I think it um, teaches a lot of discipline but like anything too much of something can be a bad thing um and and kind of when it came to me i was looking at things and going you know i miss going to the movies and eating popcorn um i miss going out for food and just not worrying about weighing something so i was like you know what that is more motivating to me now it's like building those foundations with my partner and uh, you know we've been together almost four years now and it's like I've i still got so much to learn about her, so that was kind of the next the next step. But it's um it is an interesting topic, right? It's interesting to see now. Uh, what do you feel like? Yeah, because well, you're not. I, I guess you're not so involved in the bodybuilding environment in New Zealand. But what's your perspective of it now?
1: Yeah, I yeah. will be honest with you, bro. I think it's a shit show. Like, um, I do still follow i guess a bit of the new zealand scene and actually a bit of the uh like overseas scene uh especially like men's open bodybuilding because i think it's actually in quite a good place like and especially in regards or in perspective of the last 10 years so i do keep up with like the men's open bodybuilding scene and then i have a lot of friends that are in like the bodybuilding scene a lot of like i guess professional like associates in the scene um but i just i just i don't know bro i just think it's there's a lot of, like, big fish in a small pond syndrome. Um, I think the federations, the money they charge f- for the entries in that, for what they provide, um, is bollocks. Like, it's just it's just stupid, bro. We literally just talked about it. Like, bodybuilding's an expensive sport, um, and it takes a lot out of you, for, like, in, in every way, shape, or form. But I think just it's the federations are making a bunch of money, bro. show and like... I don't know. Here and there, there's some prize in that, but shouldn't cost t- shouldn't cost two hundred twenty five bucks to do one class at the show, bro. Whatever it is, I don't know. Um, and I and I also think, bro, just in terms of, I guess the the judging and the quality and stuff and that, like, um, I won't use specific examples, but there's just been several instances where I'm like, I uh, I don't know. You always hear when you get into the sport, oh politics, and you're kind of like, oh, well, that's all bullshit, and I. Honestly, overseas, bro, I think in a lot of instances, like, people call politics, and I do think it's bullshit, but, like, here, I think because it's a smaller country, and you've got essentially one person running the whole cutter, um, I think some of that sort of thing does go on, and I just think, I don't know, as soon as, eh, as soon as there's any of that, and as soon as there's any, like, bias, or, like, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) for a lack of better term, bro, dick sucking, like, I'm out. I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, that's not what I did.
0: Look, look I, I agree completely. Like, I think, um, and it can be unconscious bias where people, you know, they may train at the gym with the, one of the, the judges and they know them really well. And then the judge just goes, oh, I know that face, so I'm going to look at them more. And it, it happens. Like, it, it is strange. Like, you go into kind of any other sport, martial arts, whatever it is, judging panels change, people, you know, referees change, you have different people doing that and it's, it's very fair and it's um, you can, like boxing for example, you can look at it and go I understand why he won. You know, even on a points decision you can go, yep, that makes sense. He landed more hits, he got hit less, uh, he controlled the ring, he won. With bodybuilding, it's very subjective. I do like how, I think his name is Tyler Mannion, the vice president, he's been putting out videos on what they are judging in specific classes. I think that's really good. Um, and I agree completely. I do feel like the open bodybuilding scene is the best it's ever been um, in the last 10 years, easily. Uh, ever since kind of Jay retired, I would say. Um, but it hasn't translated to where we are unfortunately there's some incredible athletes in new zealand um there's one guy who's doing waikato next weekend who i know will clean up the show i won't mention his name but i he will be on this podcast soon um and that's exciting but it is sad seeing you know what you would see where you go okay this person is judging but he's got clients in the show it's like uh, you know what's that um, on the other side, though, there are other federations in New Zealand. Like, uh, my mate just won Mr. New Zealand for WFF. Um, and he, he sent me a photo and he goes, bro, I won a vacuum cleaner. And I'm like, crack up, but, like, at least you go home with something. Like, you you, you go home with, you know, a four or $500 vacuum cleaner. Um, that's cool. Like, at least it's something where other federations or other shows, it's like you get nothing. Man, I went to one show where, you know, clients or people who won their classes didn't even get medals because they ran out of medals. And I'm like, man, you know, these people just, like you said, you pay a registration fee, but then you also pay a a class fee as well.
1: So you're spending like $500 to compete and they you don't even get anything. So how – because how many – how many average like an, an average or just for an nzif bb show how many competitors do you think there are
0: well really depends on the show there's uh let's say the popular ones i would say 80 people they uh, in shows i've done like we, we used to do program and stuff like that they've gone up to like 120 um people so a lot of people um so you think you know they're all paying registration fees all of that but then you've got family and stuff paying tickets um so you know and look end of the day um i will say it is a business like you know if, you, if you've cracked it and you go okay i've got to make money good on you make money but i think um to continue your business to run more efficiently it's like what can you you got to spend to give to make more so like what can you give back to people that makes them go oh, i want to come back
1: or mm. well just do you know what even even more so than like even the judging or even um like i guess prize money or any of that stuff they're probably the biggest like i guess tick i have with it all and the reason why i'm just not really involved in it is more the culture of it all um and we've literally just spent we spent 20 minutes before talking about how you know you get stuck in the bodybuilding bubble and like that can have quite a negative effect where I feel like the culture feeds people into that bubble even more, especially the wrong people. And I think the female side of the sport, bro, like is, is the worst for it because it obviously can take a bigger toll on them. Um, and just from my opinion, like I, I'm sure someone will disagree with this, but I feel like there's less to compare um, from a physique standpoint in the female divisions, but it seems like, a lot of those girls are the ones that are like enthralled in it the most and pushed into it the most. And it's super sad to see Because you know, the, 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 I, to me anyway, the idea of a female as well, like losing the ability to be a mother or suffering in relationships or whatever that, that's the, that's the worst thing to me. And it's just not nice to see everyone, not even just girls, but just people who are enthralled in the sport. And then they're, almost encouraged to do that and i'll like i'll give you a real good example because i've i've told this a bunch of times but a couple guys i was friends with down in dunedin who were like open men's bodybuilders like they're pretty big dudes they were up in Christchurch watching a show one time and the head of the federation came out to them and asked like why they weren't competing in the show and they said they were taking some time off to grow um and the head of the IFBB basically said like he could put on 25 kgs in three months. And so one of these guys, even though he's a, a nice guy, he's not the brightest dude. And so he took that um, upon himself to try and do that, put on that amount of weight that fast. And this is a guy who's already already like very extreme with the sport, taking like PDs, probably not super sensibly, um, lives a pretty hard out lifestyle recre- recreationally as well. And he's gone and trying to do this because the head of the organi- organ the head of the organization said that you know he could do that, and it's like it's about context and also like that's just irresponsible and it's just stupid and like it's that sort of thing that irks me, bro. Like just pe- people saying dumb shit, like telling people to put on a stupid amount of weight in a quick amount of time or oh you're not competing at the show or oh, that's not good like or maybe maybe they just got something going on you know and they need a breather or maybe they, they are trying to grow and get better you know like just i don't know bro that's the stuff that i have an issue with you know
0: you what you just said nailed it to a team man like i i look at that stuff you know when people say oh you know why are you not doing the show or why are you not competing or they're bagging on like my friend online and all that stuff and i'm like Do you know what they've got in their family going on? Like in their personal life, mental health, things like this. Like, you know, I think it all stems for me down to that. Like, I'm like, I want people to be happy. Like, you know, you, you shouldn't be encouraging or forcing something that isn't there for them at that time. It may be there in the future, but at that moment it's not. And that's fine. And like you said, um, this is kind of where I want to help people more is there's the irresponsibility of, you know, coaches and, and athletes who, you know, do a show and then they think they're a coach and they go, you know, like you said, it could be anyone that says, you know, I can put 25 kgs in three months. Well, look, I could. Yep. It's not going to be muscle, but I can do. I can put on that weight. Um, I can also F up my blood pressure, fuck my lipids lip up, fuck my kidneys up and rule my life in three months. That's cool. So if you want to do that, that's fine. But to put that out there, like you said, it's context, right? You know, if you've been that size before, then yeah, of course you can, because muscle memory, it's very easy to gain what you've lost. Um, I'm sure you know, like, you know, I I find it very easy to maintain a certain body weight now without really trying and going, I can stay relatively lean at a certain body weight around hundred kilos, pretty easy. I don't really have to try to get heavier, yeah, I have to push food a lot more and and try. But it's like anything, it's like a contest prep. And, you know, I am helping a, a, a girl with, with a show. And I said, you know, when I look at contest prep, I break it down into where's your body fat now and going, okay, what rate of loss is acceptable per week that we can get you in shape without a detriment to your health? And I think you should approach your off season the same as like, what's your rate of gain? that is acceptable without affecting your health. And, you know, for me, like I do these uh, push-ups and pull-downs where I'll push my weight up. I'll go pretty hard on food, but it's progressive. It changes every week, and it changes when I get stalls until a point where I'm soft, and then I pull back down, and then I go again. Um, but that would be over a 6-10-month to 10 month to 12-month period. It's
1: not three months. It's not like, oh, uh, 25k that's just crazy and, uh, i yeah and, and it's even why those sort of things are a red flag to me like being told to do extreme things like that uh bro honestly i'll be dead honest if someone doesn't want to concentrate on their health that's that's fine that's their life especially if they don't have a family all good you know like do your thing but even if you're wanting to be the best bodybuilder you can be some of those things aren't conducive either um and for example, bro, like this is pretty detailed, but that same guy that was being told that information, you know, he was in hospital a couple of weeks earlier for essentially pushing the boundaries of like training and everything. And a couple of weeks before that, bro, he was up a tree, you know, with a rope around his neck messaging everyone, you know, goodbye. Um, and fortunately it, it didn't eventuate into him taking his life. But the repercussions of just, I think, the lifestyle he was living through bodybuilding and also like recreationally with drugs and stuff to then being told some irresponsible thing like that by someone who just wants him probably to pay his registration and get a bit more money. You know, that just pissed me off, bro. I just, and that's the sort of shit that I'm, I don't want to borrow, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I don't really associate myself with that stuff. It's, um, and you know, what you just said is like, I'm not, it's sad to say that I'm not surprised, but I'm not surprised that, um, you know when you're taking in, you know, let's say these using PEDs, when you're taking in hormones that affect, that that affect you and affect your uh, way you're thinking, and you know there are certain things that will, um, and then you're taking in recreational things, and then you have this out outside pressure. You know you can only take so much before you crack, um, and I think everyone, like men especially, uh, we're probably the worst at admitting that we're not okay and going, Hey, look, I need someone to talk to. I know I'm quite bad at it, but I talk to my partner. I sit her down. I tell her how I'm feeling. And, um, it's not a weakness. She doesn't look at me and go, Oh, you're less of a man. Like, fuck no, like she's like, Oh no, you're, you're meant to be here. You're, you're, you know, stronger for talking to me. And that's normal, but it's sad, man. Like it's really, it's really sad. I think what's even sadder is like, um, a lot of the coaches in New Zealand, just bicker with each other and you know they're like oh i'm gonna take you're gonna take this client down and all this shit i'm like dude like you're not getting into a ring you're not you're not fighting you're going up on stage half naked posing in front of a whole bunch of old men and you like going oh i'm getting into war and i'm like it's not that deep man it's (laughs) it's really it's really not and uh yeah it's uh, it's an interesting topic but it's uh I think it's I'm glad you said something, man. Like it's um it needs to be said.
1: Yeah, and I think like I mean I don't get into my opinion on mental health and stuff, bro. Um, but I just think the problem is is people struggle with things but then they're enthralled in like the bodybuilding bubble doing all these things that make it worse. And again, if you're literally a single person, bro, and you've got no one depending on you and you want to do that stuff and struggle with whatever, all good. But as soon as you've got family or you've got other people it's affecting, you know, that's when you need to take responsibility. And if you're doing things in bodybuilding or any other sport or addiction or vice or whatever, you know, you need to need to remove those things from your life and, and try and get it sorted, you know. And that's the problem, though, is especially young people in the sport in New Zealand, they're just getting encouraged to put all their chips in this thing without any hesitation. And then the other flip side of it that I don't like is these people haven't really trained. They It's cool at the moment, especially with like teenagers in my like early 20s. They train for six months, they do a show, you know, they say how awesome it was and how, how much they love it and they're about it and this, this and that. And then six months later, it's like, oh, bodybuilding ruined my hormones, bodybuilding's bad, bodybuilding's unhealthy, and they almost disrespect the art of it. And I just want to make it super clear, I love bodybuilding as a sport and an art, and I respect it and the discipline, but when it's done in the right manner, and if you're someone who's never really trained, and then you do a prep, and you like don't actually stay disciplined and, and just diet willy-nilly or whatever and then take the piss out of the whole process and it's a bad experience for you don't then like point the finger at the sport because at the end of the day you know live by the sword die by the sword um and that's one thing i do try and like live by because you know yeah i have some i guess side effects that came from bodybuilding but i chose to do bodybuilding it wasn't bodybuilding's fault it was you know my choice to do those things I got a lot of positives out of it and I got a lot of negatives. Um, and that's on me. It's certainly not anyone who forced me, but in the same sense, like when people are young, um, they're a little bit more, I guess, influenced. And all I would like to see is the culture be a little more, a little bit more conducive to making it a, a good experience for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think um,
0: you kind of, yeah, that, it's interesting you say that about young people and when they put the finger on bodybuilding at the end of the day it's never bodybuilding it's always your choice it's always you as an individual so like you may not like it at a certain point and like i said i i don't like competing for myself but i love bodybuilding i follow it all the time i watch shows like i was watching uh Nathan to the Asher and Regan compete the other weekend. I, I felt like Nathan should win, but should have won by the way. Um, but I don't hate bodybuilding. Like I'll never hate it. Like I think it's given me a lot. It's taught me a lot of discipline. It's made me meet a whole lot of people. I'm very introverted. So I don't like, you know, getting out and doing things. So it's made me, you know, meet people and help, help people, which in the end of the day, my biggest why has always been just helping. Um, So, yeah, it it is funny you say that because I see it a bit as well where like they start bagging on it and it's like, well, no one told you to take those drugs you did, you know, or like if someone did end of the day, you, you're the one who had to do it. So, um, I do wish younger people would, and I said this once before where I, I said, you know, I think everyone should do a natural show, see if they love the process of dieting and, and bodybuilding and and the stage before they consider taking you know peds for a a competition now if you want to take peds in general that's your decision like that do whatever you want i don't care but i think in a bodybuilding context of like competing they just you understand the process it's hard like you you know it's hard cam like it's um uh, and there are going to be days where you're like man i hate this like i I know how many times I've been on the stairs and gone, shit, this is hard. Um, and wanting to quit, but then you, you get through it. Um, is, your, is your thoughts kind of aligned or how do you feel?
1: Yeah, I think what it boils down to is just the best thing when someone's making a decision whether they should do something or not, like a bodybuilding show, is if they have the, the full picture, because then they can be as informed as possible and make the best decision. And I guess that's what I really mean. Like I'm not so much everything I've just said about the federations and, and people like pointing the finger at bodybuilding that, that stuff's all is true, but that's not really, I guess what I'm trying to get across. I think what people need to do is just be, be honest um, because, because then people can make the decision whether they're going to do this uh, or not just with the full picture and they're not going into it blind. Um, and it, and the thing is, is everyone who competes then really has a res- responsibility to to be honest about the process. Because what is happening is everyone competes and straight away they've got the photos up of the day and how good it was. And they've got, you know, second place in IFBB and their bio and like, you know, uh, aspiring wellness athlete in their bio and all this bullshit. And you're kind of just like, glorifying the whole thing to these people who don't know what it is and then what happens is these people go this looks amazing this looks fun I'll try this when really they might be the type of person that shouldn't try it Um, and and that's what I would say is just just being honest about it good or bad whatever your experience was just be honest about it Um, and then yeah people can make the decision for themselves but C- completely agree man like
0: you know what got me into it was i went to rebel sport i remember this specifically and there was a magazine with jay cutler on the front and i looked and this was back when he had uh his hair slicked back which is all popular now and i looked at him and i was like holy crap someone can look like this and this is i was deep into martial arts i was still young so i wasn't doing it but i bought the magazine i said to my old man how oh, can we get this and i Looked at the photos like man, these guys are crazy. Like I was like blown away. Um, and then it was two years later that I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a show. But I had started weight training, doing things, and then I was like, okay, now I'm gonna do one. Um, but I, I sat on it for a while, and got you know watched YouTube videos, bought DVDs, like really invested myself in what this bodybuilding world was, and I thought it was so interesting. <coughs> that someone could do that to their body or change their body. And, you know, coming from a background of being 62 kilos competing in Taekwondo, I was like, oh, I don't want to be skinny anymore. Like I want to be big. And, you know, after 10 years, I was like, okay, put on 40 kilos of muscle. It's like, that's pretty cool. Um, But that was kind of what got me into it. And I think the problem with what you're saying is like, It's true. Like the, you know, I don't actually remember doing a show and then posting photos of stage shots straight away. Like I was always doing a show in the moment with my friends and family, going out to eat afterwards, having a laugh, like, you know, and actually I'll tell you a a little bit of a story. One of my favorite shows I ever did was Northland's, I think it was 2014 And I wasn't going to do the show. I had done nationals the week before. I'd ate in crap every day up to that show. Um, And then a friend was going up there to tan people. And I was like, "Eh, I might compete. So I just went in the car with her. She tanned me. I went on stage. I ended up winning my class. Um, But I was so chill. And I didn't really pump up. I did like a couple push-ups. And I was just having a laugh. Because I wasn't in prep mode. And then I ended up winning my class and I was like, oh, that was fun. And that was to this day, the most fun I ever had on a bodybuilding stage. Um, Go figure, right? When you, when you you just chill out and just have fun, you, you enjoy it more. Mm.
1: Yeah. I, I have a couple, even my second show was a little bit more, the whole process was a little bit more like that. The first one I, the honestly, the first one, bro, you'd think I was training for the Mr. Olympia competition. I took it so seriously and then I rocked up on the day, and they're like, oh, sorry, there's no under-20s here. We're just going to give you first... We'll chuck you up with the juniors, the under-23s, but we're not going to score you. And that... that Yeah, that was like... But, but whether or not that was stupid from them, in my head, I was like... That was a wake-up call that I still didn't wake up from, but I was like... I felt like an idiot, because I was like... I was like, bro, you just literally sacrificed everything in your life and went so hard for this show and you rock up and you're not even competing against anyone, like you're an idiot basically. Um and I still I knew that, I knew that, but I still didn't like that wasn't the catalyst that set me up to change my ways at that point in time. But then the second year I think I was just like, I need to enjoy this a little bit more, otherwise I'm not gonna do this. Um and I had a few more feed ups in there and the show went a lot better and I enjoyed the process; It was a lot more steady and I looked night and day better. Um, And then in, in 2021, I, I can't even remember why, but I think I just, you know, I grew up playing a bunch of sports, tennis, competing every weekend, swimming, racing all the time. And I think in 2021, I I was about a year and a half into my business and I was like, I just want to compete. And the reason why I wanted to compete was, just to, you know, be a good example to my clients. Um, but what I, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to prove to myself that I have the work ethic now to compete, but still operate my business at a high standard and also be a good partner at the same time. That was the driving force. That was the why. Because I knew if I could do all those things at the same time, then I was proving to myself that I was far improved on my prior self who used to just throw everything else out the window. Um, so it was almost a bit of a like psychological internal game I was playing with myself. And, um, what happened is like, I was just, I was training hard and I was dieting, but I just decided not to tell anyone. Um, like I literally did not tell anyone. Um, I didn't even really tell my partner. I just decided I was going to do it. and I didn't tell anyone. And then, uh, actually things were tracking really well and I was looking really good. And I was also like having a. Me and my partner, we just did this routine. Like, we I ate pretty much perfectly during the week. And then on Saturdays, we hang out, watch the movies and like have a feed up and some treats. Um, And I didn't want to sacrifice that just to do the show. So what I said is I was like, okay, I'm going to still keep those feed ups going. But I'm going to try and like diet while I'm doing that and still make progress. And that actually worked well for me because I always was a person who i do a little bit too much cardio or add too much too quickly and pull food too quickly. So having these feed ups often like work to treat, work to treat when really I could have just eaten more food during the week. But anyway, so I was like tracking quite well. I was looking quite good. Like, um, and I got to about three weeks out and, um, then we went into like the another, another lockdown that 2021 and, yeah, and again, um, what happened is I was I was gonna try and keep dieting in lockdown. I did the first week or so, and then I think they made the announcement that well, we weren't gonna come out of lockdown, and then it was a never show. And they were telling everyone to like keep dieting through it, and I was like, uh, that there was another like breaking point for me. I was like, fuck, like you guys don't even know when the show's gonna be, like, like, but you're telling everyone, oh, just keep dieting, like, we can't even go to the gym and like. Uh, so I chucked it in bro I had a mean feed and just enjoyed the rest of the lockdown hanging out with my partner and doing like home workouts where I'd like drop a bit of pre and then have a stab at some of the equipment I had and then get shitty because it was a shit workout and take a sad but yeah so I, that was the last time I really had a stab at, at doing it Um, and it was, it was actually going quite well bro again because I didn't have so much time in the day to focus on bodybuilding like in the in the past when like I was just working a few little jobs or whatever I was doing my 24/7 it was just bodybuilding 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 and and when you're hungry and you're not busy it's a lot harder to get to the next meal where when you're busy and you just got to work and you don't have a choice like training clients and like updating clients and all that and you've got a partner to watch out for i actually found it way easier to just to just, to just get the work done because I didn't have to think about it all the time. Like I got my meals in and I trained and I stuck to my diet and I got to bed early and I drank my water. But other than that, I wasn't really thinking about it, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's a... Uh, I, I was laughing because this year was the same thing where I, I was doing a manica and then I made the decision 12 weeks out. I was like, all right, I'll do the show. Um, and then I didn't tell my partner. And she was, the funny thing is she's taking my check-in pictures, right? Every week. And she's like, hmm, you're looking quite lean. You're looking very lean. And every week I'm getting leaner and leaner. And then I was like, I, I might do Waikato. And then she's like, I knew you were the whole time. And I, I was like laughing about it because it was just like, it's the exact same thing I went through. And then it was like three weeks out or four weeks out. And we were in the car and I was like, I said to her, I just don't want to do this. And then she was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Ah, just, you know, I'm not enjoying it. Like, I just, I don't know why I'm doing it. Like, I was, I just sat there and we spoke for like, we were train, we we're supposed to train legs, and we spoke for like ages. And we we're like, I was like, I don't understand why I'm doing this stuff. Um, I can't find my why, and I couldn't, like, justify it at all. Um, so then we went and got burgers. <laughs> so I went and I went and got a, a mean feed, and then." ate some Ben and Jerry's and I, I woke up and it was like this mountain of pressure and stress off my shoulders. Cause like I would upload photos and my, you know, my Instagram's quite po- private, but I would upload photos. And then I knew like, as soon as I posted something, people would talk and say, Oh, you know, he's, he's coming. I us like, oh, I don't really care, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's uh it's not for me. But that, that moment of like, when you, you know, the pressure's off and you enjoy that feed. Man, I I feel like there's no no better high than that of like with your partner um, just eating food and enjoying it.
1: I think though, like I when I had those moments in the past, I wish I acted on it sooner, kind of like you did then. Because I, I'm not really sure why, but often when I'd have those moments, I just wouldn't. I just I just even though I knew exactly what you, the same feeling you were feeling, I just keep keep going, and I wish what I wish is that I just made those changes at the time. Cause I felt like I would have just like, like you don't know, like you might feel you're likely going to have a better relationship with bodybuilding in six months time because you did that rather than if you just keep pushing, you know? Um, and, it, and it's like over the last three or four years, there's been times where I'm like, you know, I should really pull back on the weight training and like, like really get more into grappling And I just wish I did that, but I didn't because I was so stuck in my routine and I still felt like I was like, no, I weight train like five times a week at 5.30 PM on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday morning, like, and I'm just stuck in this thing. And I wish I'd, I'd done that a little bit more, you know, just, just made the change sometimes.
0: I think it's for me, there was, there was two things that were, I would say it made me afraid. It was like the fear of change. Um, especially when you're so stuck in a routine for 10 years, you're like, you know, what do I do? Um, and then the fear of like losing that identity of like, I compete, I do bodybuilding. Um, and then I realized like when I posted that, that I wasn't going to do it, man, I got a lot of messages and a lot, like no one said, you know, to keep doing it or pushing yourself or they were like all happy for me. And I was like, man, that made me feel good, uh, to see that people actually care about me. Um, and then it was like, and then afterwards I was like, oh, wait a minute, I can still do my routine. I can still bodybuild. I can still like do all the things I enjoy, but actually enjoy it now without feeling like I have to show up. And I think the pressure got to me a bit. Um, and it was just like, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, and then I had like a a few medical issues. I had pneumonia um, the week prior, really bad. Um, You know, we, we've talked offline, but I was in hospital in and out and I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't justify my health and well being and my long-term health of, you know, wanting to start a family and, you know, wanting to get engaged and wanting to get married for that. It's just, uh, you know, you just weigh up things. So now for me, man, like my next goal, I've got a goal of like how heavy I want to be and how strong I want to be. And then I want to break a New Zealand deadlift record. Like that for me is something that I I know I can do. Um, and I think like anything, do you, do you set yourself goals or like do you have any
1: currently that you're trying to aim for? Yeah, I, I do. Like I guess... I, I said like longer term goals but um, and then sometimes short term goals like in terms of training and stuff not so much at the moment Um, just to get my like I've had a hip injury for a couple of years that's been pretty bad which has limited me like I can't really kickbox or grapple with that and then I definitely couldn't do a show so I'm in this weird spot where I really want to compete or just push myself and I can't I just had to be patient and the good thing about that is it's really forced me to learn just more about training and, and um, injury rehab, and it's been great in terms of like my ability to train clients and help them problem solve things. Um, but absolutely, but uh, yeah, I-, I goal set, but and in- if I'm honest, I just try and like go as hard as I can for as long as I can, and when I conk out. I might have a little breather and then when I'm ready to go again, i just go as hard as I can, as long as I can. And that's, that's how I kind of operate.
0: Nah, it's a, it's a good way to be man. Like I, for me, it's always been, um, I have to have goals. Otherwise I, I just lose, lose my mind. I'm like, I don't know what, what I'm doing. Um, so, you know, I've got log books for like the last five years of what I've trained and done. Um, but it's funny, like a kind of last thing for me, I, the, the other week, I was kicking the bag uh, just for fun. And I was doing, like, bat kicks and stuff. And then Jess, my partner, looked at me. She's like, I didn't know you could move like that. And I was like, oh, don't lose it. And then I was, like, doing it more. And I was like, man, I missed this. I missed this. And I was like, oh maybe I might might do it now and then. Because um, I think once you get that itch, right, you're like, ah, I, I, can, I can still do it. Um, but, yeah, man, is there anything else you want to discuss before we kind
1: of shoot off or uh no i think that there's a pretty good pretty good um conversation that we've had there we've gone over a lot so that's been awesome
0: yeah man it's been good well um we'll definitely have to do more and i'll I'll probably um get you on for some more with uh some other people i've got lined up I'll, i'll press stop now